Hey, welcome into another episode of the Triple Babble Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Trev, um, and on Triple Babble, we talk all things NFL, um, everything from fantasy football, um, dedicated sports betting segments, uh, matchup analysis and breakdowns, and of course, Dallas Cowboys content. I'm joined by my co-host as always, my man TP, as well as El Jefe. TP, how you doing, man? Oh, I feel good, man. Uh, why do you feel so uh, good, man? Let's talk about that. Why Why do you feel good today? <laughs> are you sure you want me to answer that question? No, nah, I don't really want you to answer. Nah, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, nah, man. Everything's, everything's just good, man. There's, there's people are stressing over a lot of things in life. There's, you know, my life is not as stressful as others. So, But I did see that Kevin McCarthy, it, it took about like 14 votes. I don't know if he's even been elected the House Speaker yet. So. Last time I looked, it was 11. I think it was. That was earlier today. Um, it was it was four. It was fourteen. Is it fourteen now? Yeah, it's fourteen. But I was watching um this political commentator, Hassanabi. I don't know if you guys know about him, but uh, yeah, it's at fourteen. So I don't know it's if he's... really. Yeah, it's it's like because when he wins, like or if he wins, it's like he'll be like like cocky about it, you know, like oh I'm I'm the guy. <laughs> it's like dude. You I mean, times, it, like... <laughs> eventually he has to win. Yeah, yeah eventually. the Republicans, the Republicans have like the small um, mm-hmm. majority, majority, yeah, in the House exactly. So all he needs is two hundred eighteen votes, but they just, you know, just he just can't get some of those guys. He can't whip them in order, as they say. As they say, you have to, you have yeah. to whip them in shape, and he's not able house, to do it. But the House whip, exactly. But I mean, he's 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 gaining a little bit of traction. So yeah um <laughs> very funny scenario but um cool cool tp um go over to you hefe how you doing man what's up with you uh man you know you know what it is i'm i'm living the dream and we back to back like playing basketball you know got my guy on the wall right there um but you know i got my other guy on the wall right here and that's what we're here for we're here for football right now so why don't we just go ahead and get right into it Man, TP, Trev, this is the last regular season week of football. We made it. Week yeah. 18. Week 18, man. We week made 18. it. So let's go ahead, get right into these couple games we're going to get into. First, we got some one o'clock games. We got the eight and eight Patriots the uh, at the uh, 12 and three Bills. The Patriots travel to Buffalo just needing to win this last game, and they will clinch the final AFC wild card spot. While Buffalo returns home after a tragic, tragic Monday night football game that never made it out the first quarter, Buffalo will most definitely be playing for DeMar Hamlin in this one. TP, roll me in with some more stats on this one. Uh, so I don't really have stats, but I do have this. Um, the prayers are obviously for DeMar Hamlin and his family. May he continue to make progress and recover to the best of his ability. The Bills have a shaken to their core after such an event, but they will not be deterred for the quest. And now they have a brand new motivating factor. Galvanized by such tragedy, this team hopefully will be fueled to take out the Patriots. A story mentioned about DeMar Hamlin in his high school days at Central Catholic in Pittsburgh. After being labeled as the number two player in the state of Pennsylvania, he had gone down with a knee injury and had to be sat down for the state quarterfinal game. And he had begged and pleaded to be with his team. And even though, even though he could not play, you know, most high school kids, 
you know, even after they've already been like labeled as like the guy, you know, it's like he's kind of like, all right, forget the rest of my teammates. But he had, was was nothing like that, nothing of that um make or mold. He ended up being the one to carry the water bottles to his teammates on timeouts and such, reported by his defense defensive coordinator Dave Fleming at the time. He's the type of guy that, even without being on the field, wanted his teammates to get out there and play beyond their limits as he would. It's important to note the character of DeMar Hamlin in these times. He isn't just a player in the NFL. He's a son, an older brother, a leader in his community in McKees Rock, a community that is also victim to gun violence and high crime rates in Pennsylvania. He has been seen as a mentor, a hero, and a true role model amongst men. And with this situation, it is more than just football. And as we've said previously, May he continue to fight for his life and may he and may he be seen outside these hospital walls again. And I do think with this being said and all the situations that have been going on and Damar Hamlin and just, you know, his character and what it's what it speaks to him. I do believe that this Buffalo Bills team will be able to come together and um, take care of this New England Patriots team. Uh, yes, sir. All right, Trev, with the spread currently sitting at minus seven for the Bills, you got any bets for us to punch in on this one? Man, uh, Bills minus seven looks really fun to take. This is a divisional matchup, so it's always tough between these two. I think New England needs to win in order to get into the playoffs, whereas Buffalo already has a playoff spot. But in this matchup, I really only see it going one way, and that is for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, the Bills are, you know, not even, you know, good team but they have a lot of motivation they have a lot of motivation to just play hard in front of their home crowd and they play better at home uh i don't see a scenario where they lose the game really um I, we joke sometimes how the nfl is a script you know um and i'm not referring to what happened on monday as a script but just even at the beginning of the season the bills to the super bowl that was a very popular narrative um so now at the last in the last week of the season, they've already clinched a spot and they have this extra motivation to play for. I do think that they can get the job done. I expect a complete dominant performance uh, from the Bills. Uh, anytime you beat your divisional rival by more than seven, that's that's really good because they play you twice a year. Um, man, I could see Josh Allen throwing for 300 yards. Uh, I'm sure Stephon Diggs. Uh, you know, we saw clips of him. He was very emotional. I think this is just an opportunity to. Um, I don't know, just just put on a good show for the fans. I mean, I think these guys are a little bit more at ease based on, you know, how news has circulated the past few days. So I, I don't really have a look in player props because I, I think anything could happen. But I would say um, I think Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills have a big day this Sunday. That's what I, I predict. Uh, yes, sir. And I definitely agree with that statement. I, I see Josh Allen throwing 300 yards. I see Diggs getting 100, 100 of those yards. I see him oh, getting yeah. a touchdown as well. Um, so all that and more. Um, so let's go ahead, though, and get into the other side of their um, their division. We got the seven and nine Jets traveling to the eight and eight Dolphins. Jets traveled to Miami on a five game losing streak and now mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. Looks look to play spoilers to the Dolphins playoff hopes. The Dolphins return home, losers of five five straight games as well, and they just need to win and the Patriots lost to make it into the playoffs, though. And on top of all that, though, Teddy Bridgewater, if he's unable to go for this team, they'll have to look to their third-string quarterback to send them to that wild-card round. TP, roll me in with some more stats on this one. 
Both of these teams have been abysmal in the month of December, and they didn't start the year off with a win either, and now the Dolphins are fighting for their final spot in the playoffs. Miami obviously is going to need a bit of help from Buffalo, which should come in based off what we've stated previously. <laughs> um, but they also need, they need to defeat a Rowdy Jets team. But over the previous two weeks, they've only scored a combined nine points total, so this Jets offense has been stagnant. The Dolphins are going to be without Tua and Teddy again, to answer your question, Hefe, for a second time this season, and they're going to have to depend on rookie quarterback Skylar Thompson this week. Mike McDaniel isn't short of offensive plays. They could be called and seeing the success of um, Jared Stidham in Las Vegas. Who knows what Skylar may be capable of, despite the Jets being the fourth-ranked defense in the NFL. This offense isn't going to be missing Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, Raheem Mostart, and the rest of the wrecking crew. But with that being said, I like the Jets to face spoilers. I don't know what's up with this Miami team. There's something deeper than what we are seeing, but I do think that Miami's going to follow. Uh, they're going to falter here. All right, Trev, with the uh, spread currently sitting at minus three for the Dolphins, you got any bets for us to punch in on this one? I'm gonna roll with Joe Flacco and the New York Jets. <laughs> I think that yeah, I think they'll play spoiler. These are divisional rivals. The Miami Dolphins have something to play for. The New York Jets have nothing to play for. They can just play spoiler. And teams like that are dangerous because they're going to do and try things that they didn't really have to try all year just so they can keep their division foe from, you know, getting out of the playoffs. Uh, so, yeah, I lean the New York Jets plus three. Uh, the Miami Dolphins are starting a rookie quarterback, and this is a really good Jets defense. Uh, Joe Flacco, um, he'll start in spurts, you know, um, as he has the past few years and he put together a good performance. I wouldn't be surprised if this man threw for 300 some yards in this game. Just wouldn't be. I don't have a play on the points in this one, but I have to take the Jets plus three. And that's that's it for me on that game. All right, let's go ahead and get into that last one o'clock game we're going to cover for everybody. The seven and nine Browns travel to the eight and eight Steelers. The Browns already eliminated from the playoffs look to take any hope the Steelers had of making the playoffs away, as well as put the final nail in the coffin to Mike Tomlin's coaching career record. The Steelers return home after another comeback victory. And they got a little revenge against the Steelers, and now they turn their attention to get some more revenge from week three against the Browns. The Steelers need a lot of help to make it into the playoffs as they will need the Dolphins and the Patriots to both lose. As well, they'll need to win their final game, and they will punch their ticket into the wild card round. But for this final game, it means more than just a wild card game for Mike Tomlin. His 500 coaching uh, record is on the hot seat this week. It's win or go home for that record. TP, roll me in with some more stats on this one. See, it's your point, Hefe. Um, not only do the Steelers have a chance of saving the under 500 record, they also have the opportunity, as you stated, to get the um, seven seed potentially. But they need the Dolphins, New England, and Jacksonville all to lose, which likely is not going to happen. But we've seen crazier things happen in the league. In Pittsburgh, winners of four of the last five are not just going to roll over. Amari Cooper last week decided to remind Washington of his presence as he went for 105 yards and two TDs while his defense picked off Carson Wentz three times. Kenny Pickett has had, has had a bit of a tendency to turn the ball over, but he's only done so once in the last three games he has played, given that Mitch Trubisky stepped in for two games due to injury. T.J. Watt missed the last game of this rivalry, where no love is lost, but he will be lined up this week. And the last time they played, 
he did demolish Baker Mayfield. Miles Garrett on the other side of the field looks to return the favor and beat up on a young Kenny Pickett and really introduce him to this rivalry. Let's see if Grant Delpit can't get his hands on the pass, on an arid pass. Maybe Greg Newsom the second. If the Browns are going to play spoilers, they're really going to need to get after Kenny, Kenny Pickett. And Nick Chubb is going to have to get going early. They're going to have to find a way to neutralize defensive player of the year, TJ Watt as well. Um, Amari Cooper is going to be listed as questionable, but I'm sure he will suit up, even though the Cleveland Browns don't really have much to play for this week. All right, Trev, with the current spread sitting at minus two and a half for the Steelers, you got any bets for us to punch in on this one? I like the Steelers' money line. Uh, I don't know if I like minus two and a half. I think this game could be close. it come down to like a field goal or something like that, and uh, the Steelers, you know, walk away with it. Uh, the total, I look for under. Um, a lot of the Steelers games have gone under their point total, as well as Ravens games. Um, this is a team that is uh, – these teams are familiar with each other, being that they're in the same division. Um, I mean, there's no other way for me to look at this. I look at this under 40 and a half points. I look for the Steelers to win. Uh, this Cleveland Browns team has been a weird one to watch. Uh, they seem like they were even better with Jacoby Brissett, but then there are points in times where, uh, you know, uh, Sean Watson just kind of shows up and, you know, in, in spurts. Um, he's still a little rusty. Um, the Steelers are looking like a formidable team. Like we said, Tomlin's record is very important. I do think they get this one no matter what, but I just think it could be really, really close um, going into it. Uh, so I'll go with that. Steelers money line uh, for this one, and I like the total under 40 and a half points. All right, let's go ahead and get into some 4 o'clock games. Up first, we got the 9-6-1 Giants at the 13-3 and three Eagles. The Giants travel to Philly, already locked into their playoff spot. And just how much left do they, these guys really have to play for in this Week 18 matchup? As for the Eagles, though, if they lose this matchup, they could take a huge blow and not only lose the division, but lose the first seed in the NFC as well. So for myself, I will be a G-Man fan this week, and I hope they win. Um, as for the Eagles fans, I'm sure they're rooting for the Eagles so they don't have to take a three-game loss into the playoffs. TP, though, roll me in with some more stats. Eagles faithful will be happy to hear that Jalen Hurts has returned to practice this week, but it was on limited basis on Thursday. So we'll be able to find out, obviously, if his availability against the Giants team was ultimately locked up to 16th and don't really have much to play for, as stated previously. New Year's Day, Brian Dable did state that he won't be resting any players, but given the nature of the playoffs, who's to say what really will occur? After Minshew Mania took off a bit in Dallas, his wings were clipped against a fiery Saints team that saw Marshawn Lattimore seal the deal ultimately with the pick six on Philly's side of the field for 12 yards, and Philly's defense has sputtered in both games. A.J. Brown has showed signs of frustration last week, especially against the Saints DBs that I'm sure he felt that he could get the best of, as he did on a 78-yard TD on a 78-yard catch and run touchdown. The Giants do not have too many weapons on offense, but they do have Saquon Barkley and a very physical defense that will be looking to get after whoever lines up under center. Look out for Kayvon Thibodeau and Dexter Lawrence to really make their marks. Also, Landon Collins was welcomed back last week with a pick six as well. So Philadelphia does have to be very careful in this game as they are playing for the division and first place in the NFL. I mean, in the NFC. All right, Trev, with the current spread sitting at minus 14 for the Eagles. You got any bets for us to punch in on this one? That's a lot. That's a lot of points. Um, it's a lot of points for someone in the division. Um, even with backups, insane. Uh, that's insane. I got to roll with the Giants on this one. Um, I understand Jalen Hurts might come out there, but 
uh, is the number one seed that important? Maybe, but I doubt it for the healthier quarterback. Um, see what you can uh, get done with Minshew is what I would say. Uh, I mean, I get Jalen's practicing. That's awesome. That's good. I mean, I think he should be practicing, um, of course, on a limited basis, but why send him out there, man? I mean, um, just to get the number one seed and, you know, he could get hurt, man. He already got the playoffs. Um, you can still get the number one seed if things fall your way. Um, so that's tough to say. I think they just want Jalen to have some real live action prior to a playoff game, but I think he'll be all right. Uh, if Jalen plays, um, I would probably take his like over on the, on rushing. That's what I would take. Uh I don't know if he'll play or not though. So it's tough to it's tough to say that. But um I like Giants and the points. Easy pick for me. All right. Let's go ahead and get into the next one. We got the four and twelve Cardinals at the twelve and four 49ers. The Cardinals travel to San Fran with absolutely nothing left to play for for the season and just look to make it out of this matchup injury free. While the 49ers still have hopes in claiming that one seed in the NFC. So they will look to at least win this game and they will be rooting for the Giants as well this week. TP, roll me in with some more stats on this one. I've said this a couple of times, man, but that Brock Purdy kid is really good. He's consistent, two TD a game guy. But the story in San Francisco, Fred Warner has this defense playing lights out. He and Talanoa Hafenga, Drake Greenlaw, and they, I mean, they share up the number one ranked defense and have little to little to nothing to worry about when this Arizona team comes to town with pretty much nothing to play for whatsoever. From the linebacker position, both Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw have been defensive player of the year candidates, if you ask me, both well over the 100 tackle mark, both with interceptions, forced fumbles, Dre Greenlaw with the defensive touchdown and two fumble recoveries. And I haven't even mentioned the guy, Nick Bosa, who has 17 and a half sacks as well as two forced fumbles. This is a monstrous front seven, and I wish whoever has to play with whoever has to play them first, good luck. They are potentially playing for a first-round bye to have phase point. If Philly were to drop their game against New York, both Philly, I mean, both San Francisco and Dallas hope that Philadelphia is taken care of by New York. But I think San Francisco is looking for that home field advantage. All right, Trev, with the uh, current spread sitting at another minus 14. You got any bets for us to punch in on this one? Yeah, I would take San Francisco minus 14. Um, Shanahan's a really good coach where it almost the personnel almost does not matter and he'll scheme it up. You know, he'll just make it happen. Um, Arizona's not going anywhere. Uh, D-Hop is out for the year, of course. There's only one game left. They're not making the playoffs. Um, they might fire their coach uh, next Monday. Um, yeah, I would I would probably say they could still cover the 14. I like, I like San Francisco minus the 14. All right, all right. Up next, we got the 5-11 and 11 Rams at the 8-8 eight and eight, uh, Seattle. The Rams travel to Seattle, eliminate, eliminated from the playoffs, and could possibly eliminate their division rivals as well out of their playoff hopes and get their second road win on the season while doing so. A few weeks ago, Seattle was sitting at a pretty 7-5 and five and looking like a good bet to go into the wildcard round. But now at 8-8, eight and eight, they'll have to win this game, and they'll need the Lions to win under the bright lights um, because right now Seattle owns the tiebreaker over Detroit. So, TP, got any bet? Uh, I'm sorry, TP, um, roll me in with some more stats. The Rams are pretty much in, have been in disarray all season. 
but they're hoping to come together to play spoilers to a Seattle team that was spiraling before handling the Jets in a respectable fashion. Baker and the Rams turned Denver into a joke before they themselves becoming the joke to Austin Eckler and the Los Angeles Chargers. Seattle needs help from Detroit, who needs help from the Rams, so Detroit will be watching this game closely. Kenneth Walker III and Noah Fant are both listed as questionable this week versus the Rams, who may be missing Aaron Donald again and missing Brian Allen, their starting center. <clears throat> Bobby Wagner will be returning to play against his former team, hopefully to put a nail in the coffin for their season. A bit of poetic justice, if you will. But I do think that Seattle will be the ones waiting on Detroit Green Bay result, no matter how Bobby feels with Seattle winning this game. All right, Trev, with the current spread sitting at minus six, you got any bets for us to punch in on this one? Um, I'm going to go with the Rams here. Uh, I understand that, you know, really anything can happen. But um, I'm going to go with the Rams. And my pick that I really like is Cam Akers over 74 and a half yards rushing. Um, last week, there was a rushing slash receiving pop prop for uh, Cam Akers. They don't have that this week. Uh, so let me tell you the reason I like this. Uh, although the Seahawks have done really well at points this year and at other times they haven't, um, you know, you just got to remember um, how this team is set up from the beginning and on their defense, they are just really, really poor. Uh, this is where Cam Makers comes in. He is looking to get a contract. Um, he's a guy that had a falling out with the Rams earlier this year. He was a um, high round draft pick, I believe, um, maybe the first two rounds or so. And um, things haven't gone his way. They did at first. He got hurt. He rehabbed. And then he, you know, hasn't been getting the playing time he wanted. But he's been on a tear the last few games. Like, if you had him in fantasy, he got you to the points for sure. Um, I really like Cam Akers this week. Um, I like him to get 100 yards rushing. Um, he's he's pushing to kind of show himself, prove himself. Guys, you know, that know they need to get a deal next year are sometimes like, um, you know, they try a little bit harder, you know, uh, to perform. So, I think he hits over 74 and a half uh, pretty easily, but that's the play that I really like in this game. He was a 2020 second round pick, pick 52 okay. in the draft. 52, okay. He came out of Florida, right? Florida State, yep. That's right, yep. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get into some Sunday night football. Everything is on the line. We got the eight and eight Lions at the eight and eight Packers. The Lions travel to Green Bay looking to sweep Green Bay for the first time since 2018. Also, while ruining the playoff hopes for the uh for Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. For the Lions to get in the playoffs, they must win win this game. And Seattle would have to to lose or tie with the Rams. After the starting the season four and eight, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers have won four straight games and now control their own destiny for that last wild card spot in the NF NFC. All they need to do is win this, and Aaron is in. Aaron owns an eighteen and seven straight up record against the Lions, while Golf is three and one straight up against the Packers. TP, roll me in with some more stats on this one. I mean, if it's one thing Aaron Rodgers does do, it's on the end <clears throat> on the NFC North. Granted, he did play awful against the Lions initially, but the Packers are on a four-game win streak, and he has found a bit of something with his offense. A.J. Dillon has been carrying the brunt of the offensive load rushing-wise, with Aaron Jones being hampered with, hampered with an ankle injury. And the Packers' defense has been forcing turnovers, which has been leading to a short field for Aaron Rodgers, with, and he seems to capitalize for the most part. Matt McFleur would love to sink into the playoffs and, off, and ultimately face off 
<clears throat> ultimately face off against what would be either San Fran or Philadelphia. But what he really would like to, who, who, who I'm sorry, who he would really want to face off would be against divisional rival Minnesota or the Dallas Cowboys, a team that Aaron Rodgers has had the luck of beating in very big moments. I do not care to get back into those games that he has pretty much taken us down, but we've needed to win. It's neither here nor there. Um, the Lions, however, are not looking to roll over no matter what happens in the Seattle game and just let Green Bay take the seventh seed. The Lions have turned the page in their previous 3-13 season and looking to build on the future. And part of the future is putting down the old dog that is the Packers and Aaron Rodgers. The Lions are looking to put together a winning season for the first time since 2017 and make the playoffs for the first time since 2016. And they have the pieces to do so with a high-powered offense mixed with a physical defense. They have the power to, at the very least, finish over one, over 500 and spoil the Packers' playoff hopes. All right, Trev, with the current spread sitting at minus four and a half for the Packers, you got any bets for us to punch in on this one? Um, No, not really. I like uh, the last game I watched, I mean, Aaron just constantly forced the ball, forced the ball, forced the ball to Christian Watson. And I think he did that because he knew that, you know, he wouldn't get in trouble for this. Like, you know, he wouldn't lose or, you know, nothing bad would happen. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's simple. <laughs> simple. <laughs> All right. TP, man. You got a playmaker of the week for us? Oh, uh, yeah. I, I feel as though, despite he may not be playing, he may not play as much. Oh, yeah. Here we go. But, um,. <laughs> I'm going to go with Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa, you know, if, if you know, obviously they, they have to win that game, so they're probably going to play players at least until the game's out of hand. I think Nick Bosa is going to get after that young kid. And I'm going to slide an offensive guy in there just in case. Aaron Rodgers does tend to play up to, you know, big moments where they need him to play. I know you kind of felt that Aaron Rodgers was forcing the ball to Christian Watson, but, you know, against the a I'm sorry, against the NFC North, Aaron Rodgers likes to try to show out. So I'm going to go with Nick Bosa and Aaron Rodgers. All right, Trev, man, you got you got to hit us with that bet of the week. Yeah, so uh, bet of the week. Uh, so this is a Saturday game, so it's be tomorrow. But I really like Derrick Henry over his rushing. Uh, Derrick Henry has the history with the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, really running it up on them. Um, he missed last week. I have a feeling they're going to feed him the ball. Um His uh, props, I like them all over for the most part, uh, 94 over 94 yards rushing, over um, um, 17 and a half uh, yards for his longest run, um, anytime touchdown score. Uh, what's the other play? The other play was, uh, yeah, over 21 and a half uh, rush attempts. I mean, where can you go wrong with Derrick Henry tomorrow? Um, even if the Titans lose, and he goes off, which which is possible, because uh, he kind of did that in the game where they lost to them a few weeks ago. Uh, I just like him just because he's had a week off. Uh, <laughs> he's he's refreshed. It's late in the season. Um, yeah, I like I like that. I like him a lot. But um, that's what I like. Um, you don't even have to parlay these things. You can just kind of take them straight. Um, you know, there's some some of them might be at minus one twenty minus. You know, 109, some of them might be plus money. Um, I don't think any of them are plus money, but uh, yeah, they're good straight bets to take or you can parlay them with something else. 
All right. But, uh, well, that's my play. Derrick Henry. There we have it. Let's go ahead and get into the granddaddy. Them boys, the 12 and 4 uh, Cowboys, travel to the 7, 8, and 1 Commanders. Uh, Dallas travels to Landover looking to get this regular season sweep over the Commanders. And with some help, Dallas can win the division and sneak into that first round bye. Uh, the Commanders enter this game, losers of three straight and haven't seen the win column since November. And with nothing left to play for, a third-string quarterback left in, uh, left in the game. I don't see why our defense doesn't get a couple sacks, maybe an interception. TP, how you feeling? Mm, I mean, there's not really much to play for in this game. I would, I would like <clears throat> to rest some of our players if we don't in the first half, at least the second half. Um, these guys really need rest. They got to get ready for the playoffs. Now, if the G-men can handle business, perfectly fine. Uh, you know. Obviously, you know, a home game in the playoffs is lovely, but home game for the Dallas Cowboys always ends up being a neutral site. So, you know, it's one of those situations where do we do we really want to be in that position or that predicament? But I also don't want to end up having to go to Tampa Bay with Tom Brady. So it, it, we're kind of in, in between a rock and a hard place. Obviously, again, I'd, I'd rather be at the two seed. I don't think we're going to get the number one seed. I think San Francisco blows Arizona out. <coughs> Excuse me. I don't know what I don't know what the Sam Howell kid has has to offer. Washington is obviously in disarray. They're um, a disconnected franchise. I, I don't want to say hopefully they get it figured out because I love to see them in squalor and in, in you know poverty franchise as they are. No disrespect though, you know I, I try not to disrespect any other team. I've I've grown beyond the whole trash talk and all that whole phase, man. It's just we're too old for that, so. With all that being said, I do hope that the Cowboys can get the job done. I hope they get it done earlier rather than later so some players can sit and rest. They can just figure out what's going on in uh, the Philadelphia-New York Giants game. So, I, yeah, Cowboys victory. Never never want to see the Cowboys drop a game to the Commanders, Redskins, <laughs> whatever, whatever the fuck you want to call them. Their new mascot is atrocious, by the way. Oh, my God, the pig. That. Jeez, that's yeah, it's an atrocious <laughs> image. I forgot what the name of it is, but it's, yeah. it is an atrocious. It image. doesn't even make sense to me. Um, yeah, you're supposed to be like trying to get away from. Well, I guess they're trying to get away from Indians, but like I don't know. It's just, it's just like. It's it's, a, it's it's wild. I know. Hey, Trev, man, how you feeling about this one? I feel that it's handle business. <laughs> that's what I feel like. Uh, it's end of the season. And I'm sure some guys will be resting. I'm sure some guys will be, you know, in and out. Uh, I hope Parsons is back, you know, just not even to necessarily, like, uh, play hard, but just, like, to be, um, you know, be around everyone. Um, just back back to full health. Um, I hope t- Tony Pollard plays. I hope um, – yeah, I just I just want to see this Cowboys team get out of here healthy. That's it. That's that's really it. I just want to see them healthy. Um, I hope um, TP the Muffin Man. Um, dang, TP the Muffin Man. Um, no, really we shows up and, and we gets, talking about fruits and stuff too. Yeah, uh, really, really uh, turns up this match. But really, what I want to see from the Cowboys is um, play as hard as you need to play to win the game. To, to cover the spread um 
and uh, don't let up. Um, don't let up. Um, we're probably not getting that first round by. Um, I don't really see too much of an advantage in it. Everyone talks about it, but every time we get the first round by, like we always, you know, are booted out like the next oh. round. So, um, you know, if we're gonna get booted out the next round, just win a game at least. <laughs> you know, like that's that's nice to see. So, um, yeah. So that's where I'm at with it. All right. Well, everybody, you can go ahead. You can join Triple Babble right back Monday night as we dive into a little recap of week 18 and look at the playoff picture and give our predictions on how the playoffs will shape going into the Super Bowl. Until then, I hope everyone enjoys this Sunday slate of games and I'll see y'all Monday night. El Jefe is out. Je m'appelle TP. Also, I forgot to tell you guys, yeah, so another reason I'm happy out here, because I'm finally getting my fucking tooth fixed, man. Finally getting it. I'll have a a full mouth of teeth. So, that's going to be a sign of good things to come. That's exciting, man. Okay. It's very exciting. It's been a very long time, so I'll be be back in action, man. (laughs) Living the dream. I'm out of here, though. (laughs) Yo, Jeff. Yo, Jeff. I'm happy, man. Um, yeah, so come check us out. Come check out Triple Babble uh, <laughs> podcast, Apple, um, as well as Spotify. Give us a rating. Give us a review. And um, we will be back to recap week 18, talk about the hottest looks in the playoffs, going into it. And, of course, we'll be talking about our Cowboys and, you know, how we uh, match up with whoever we end up, you know, getting matched with. I think that'll be uh, pretty exciting. But until then um, – I'm Trav, your host, and I'm signing out.